This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. Uh, we have been discussing about the Uddhav Gita, last message of Sri Krishna. In that, we had taken up the various powers that a yogi can get by doing the different kinds of yogic activities. This was in chapter 10 and the verse that we had completed was 22. So today we are going to start with verse 23 from chapter 10 of the Uddhav Gita. So this is chapter 10 of the Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna, verse 23. Wishing to enter another's body, the yogi should imagine himself there then leaving the gross body and betaking himself to the subtle body, he should pass through the external air like a bee. Krishna is describing another technique to Uddhava. Now this technique is called Kaya Pravesh. Kaya Pravesh means you can enter another person's body. There is no physical body taking up. In the sense, you cannot use what is called as the food body for the purpose of taking the other person's body. You cannot use that. That is the physical one. So the gross body cannot be used. So then what is the thing that can be used? We can use the subtle bodies. The subtle bodies comprises of the mind, the intellect, the pranic activities and the Anandmai Kosh, the last one. Now this can be very clearly used. How many known cases are there of this kind? Lot of cases are there. We hear about these kind of cases on a very regular basis but actually we don't understand that that is what has happened. Brito. So, what happens over here is there is a physical body over there and then there is another person who is going to assume that one. So, this person who is a yogic practitioner, what he does is he uses these subtle bodies of this particular one so that he can enter this one. Got it? There are lots of issues which can happen along the way. The one biggest issue that happens this body which we are talking about the one which has got only the outer shell remaining. Which means the gross body of the yoga, yogic practitioner. That body becomes redundant. Simply translating into that this body is now literally useless. So it will have no breath. It will have no heartbeats. It won't have even a mind or an intellect. Even if you try to wake it up, it will be like a zombie. So did you get that? So the one who is the yogic practitioner, that body becomes a zombie. There is nothing in it. Because he has transferred his mental and other bodies over here. 
So this is the first issue that happens. This body which is discarded has got terrible issues. How do you keep it alive? It is not possible to keep that body alive for a longer period of time. Because as you know very well, something which is called the rigor mortis sets in it. The blood starts coagulation. The blood literally becomes heavy. You must have seen in some of the dead bodies, the body becomes a little heavier. That is because the blood settles down. The body becomes heavier. There is no flow. But there is a difference. The yogic person can actually keep that body alive. It is by means of the prana. If you recollect, I was talking about how the prana, the breath in and out breath, he can prolong it for a very long time. He can take minimum breaths. Now let us say he takes off for 3 or 4 days. So 3 or 4 days he can't breathe in that body. And now this was the case with Sai Baba of Shirdi. Sai Baba told his dearest devotee, he said, for 3 days and nights I will not be in this body. Kindly do not allow anybody to touch it. Just take care of this body and attend to it normally. So this devotee of Sai Baba sat next to the body and did not allow anyone to come near it. Though all the Hindus and the Muslims over there were very clear about it, you cannot keep the body for more than three days, I mean for such a long time. We have to either burn it or we have to bury it. So they kept on saying like this. This devotee of Sai Baba insisted that I have been very clearly given an instruction. So I am not going to do that. Alright. And that is the reason why the body was preserved for three days. And after three days... Sai Baba entered that body in the form which was necessary and he revived that body. So what Sai Baba did on the third day, he used his subtle body to enter his own and then the revival happened. So Sai Baba's case I have told you. Now I will tell you some other which happens in the normal world. The normal world, that is our world, you have heard about possessions. Somebody possessing another person's body. You have seen in some movies also, like Omen huh? or Exorcist. Those who have seen this kind of films will definitely know what I am talking about. The subtle body of the person who is already dead, that body is still roaming around. That body takes over the body which is a healthy body of another person. That is possession. And you will find that people they have to call exorcist or do a lot of treatment for this individual to retain back his original stature. That is possession. We are not discussing possession over here. We are discussing Kaya Pravesh which is a very very higher activity. When the divine has to play a role or the demonic forces have to play a role they have a choice of taking over another person's body. The criteria or the eligibility factor depends on that body itself. So the person may be alive, the person may be dead, the person may be just about to die. It is possible. Whichever way it is possible. 
retaining the characteristics of that body and the subtle characteristics of this there is a combination which can be played out with this the new one all right so now i will come to how it is done when krishna is giving an answer he says if you are wishing to enter another's body the yogi should imagine himself there then leaving the gross body and betaking himself to the subtle body he should pass through the external air like a bee now have you ever been able to disconnect your gross body and your subtle body by any chance the answer is very simply no nobody has been able to detach his body separately so gross body on one side and subtle so you don't do it knowingly unknowingly you do it unknowingly it is done when you are in deep sleep you have heard people you know they are able to see themselves from top you have heard people talk about the obe out of body experience right lots of times you have heard about the obe many a times people say that oh i have seen myself sleeping over there or doing some activity now this kind of things is possible so this disconnection of the gross and the subtle happens but unknowingly as far as you are concerned the yogi can do it knowingly that means the yogic person the person who has the yogic powers he is able to disconnect his body separate it out and he can then travel and then he can enter another person's body as well if certain activities that need to be performed they can be done and this way a person can come under the influence of a greater entity so the yogic practitioner can completely override this person with a very very low will power got it now if there is no body available for the divine to do its work a new one that means for birth for the purpose of taking a birth and if it is a short term very short term activity that is needed a couple of years now if the great divine divinity that is there has to perform certain action for a short duration of time they can take charge of another one person's body it is possible you have seen this in adi shankaracharya's place he took over the body for 30 days for a month he kept it alive performed all the actions that were necessary like the old person nobody knew about it his disciples were instructed to keep his body alive somewhere else and that way he was able to keep that body alive got it all right enough of these bodies so let us go to the next one <laughs> so we are doing chapter 10 from the uddhav gita verse 24 sitting on heel and lifting the prana to the heart chest throat and head and taking it to the brahma through the subtle orifice in the head one should give up the body 
the technique involved over here. Sitting on heel and lifting the prana. There is a very clear indication how this is done. What is the heel? You know the heel, correct? Why is it said that sitting on the heel? That is because the prana has to rise above. Prana, you know. Now it has to rise above. We should not allow it to go downwards. So what you do is, suppose this is the heel, you put it very tightly between the anus and the genitals and hold it there. Then you sit on top of that. It is called the bandha. Bandha means a lock. You lock the passageway downwards. Remember, I was telling you the passageway is like this and like this. Correct? It's in the form of a U. So going inwards, going down, turning upwards, coming out from here. Now when it takes a turn at the bottom, the U turn at the bottom, most of the time, in those who do not know how to do yogic practices, they keep the bottom open. So there is a complete grounding of the prana. The prana enters the lower domains. So the bandhas are very very important. The bandha is like this. You are locking that place up so that the movement will be upward. I don't have to explain this to you in detail because you are seeing it in your own place wherever you are in whichever part of the world. You know there are certain roadblocks that are put up by the police. You cannot take the highway. You can go only inside the town. Highway is not allowed. Isn't that what the police are doing nowadays because of the coronavirus? So they will say no entry over here. So they put a roadblock. In the same way, imagine a roadblock is put at the bottom. That is the reason why he says sitting on heel. You are not sitting flat on the ground. You got what I am saying? You are not sitting flat on the ground, but you are sitting on top of your heel like this. Lifting the prana to the heart. First, you have to lift it upwards. So when you take a breath up, down, when you are breathing upwards, in the yogic posture, you allow the prana to rise first to the heart level and then to the chest then the throat and slowly you pull it upwards to the head. Now, taking it to the Brahma, this, which is called the Sahasrahar, it is called a thousand petal lotus. Alright? There is a location over here at the top of your head. When there is a child born in your family, you have always seen that there is a soft spot in the center somewhere. I am sure, you know, the, if you put your finger over here, don't do it very harsh, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, you will say, Guruji said, you <laughs> poke over here and see. No! <laughs> it's a baby, remember. When you do this, you will find that there is a very tiny spot over there where, now, this is the way in which it is so it is slowly getting closed. The skull closes it after some time. That is the place from where he is talking about. Through the subtle orifice in the head. One should give up the body. That means when I am using my this physical body, I am doing the prana, the pranayama, I do the breathing and after some time I raise myself higher and higher and higher and go up to the Sahasrahar 
And then from here, from the top of my head, that orifice which you remember is closed now because you are a grown-up human being. So as a kid, it was open. So this orifice is now a subtle orifice. So from there, the prana escapes. That way, the yogic person gives up this physical body. Alright, the gross body is left over there. It may be just in the sitting posture. But there is no one inside. Knock, knock. Anybody there? Nobody there. <laughs> so you can understand this. There is no one inside now. No mental person over there. Alright. Means no subtle body inside. No causal body inside. The person has escaped. Hmm. So we move to verse 25. Chapter 10, Uddhav Gita. Wishing to play in the parks of the gods, one should think of the sattva in me. Then celestial nymphs who are offshoots of sattva will come in aerial cars. Uh, the yogic practitioner has got a lot of interesting activities to do if he, this is what it is all about. He doesn't get satisfied in the material world, so he wants to play with the nymphs over there. Like It's a funny thing, I tell you. You are going to subtly enjoy all that world. Think, what are you talking about? It is subtly. <laughs> Here in this material world, you have physical manifestation. Okay, Physically, you are getting satisfied looking at all the objects around you. But yes, of course, when you escape from the top over here, you have the choice of the heavens that you wish to go to. People normally prefer the Indra's heaven. You know the reason why? Because Indra is the enjoyer of everything. He loves to enjoy everything. So you will find that you can enter the heavens of Indra over there. All this sounds so very strange, isn't it? <laughs> but let me assure you, it is possible. How many of you have tried it out? I can say none of you. <laughs> because if you enjoy that kind of a happiness, you will never want to come back to this body. Otherwise, why are you sitting here trying to learn this, isn't it? Here, there is always a, you know, warning. <laughs> <laughs> there is a warning which is given even on the cigarette packet exactly like that the warning. All this which I am talking about it is possible. But do not try this at home. <laughs> because it is very dangerous. Alright. The reason is very simple. You may know how to get out, but who is going to bring you back? People at home will say bye-bye and they will take your body away. So don't you try it. It is good to learn. Learning is okay. Knowledge is fine. Not necessary that you got to do. Knowledge about various drugs, whether it's liquors or all those intoxicants is fine. But why would you want to try it out? So this is the reason why when a person escapes from this place, the subtle orifice on top of the head, he has the possibility of entering the various heavens most of the time because the person is interested in pleasure. So he enters the heavens of Indra. So when he enters the heavens of Indra or any other god that he wishes to be with, okay? Just imagine, it's Flash or somebody like that. So which, which he will enter? Somebody who uses fire as the power. You know, you have seen in some of those Avenger movies, person who plays with the fire. <laughs> so he must have definitely gone to the heaven of the fire god. He also has a heaven, okay? Everything is burning over there mostly, I think. <laughs> so, he should go 
to this particular heaven, there will be the celestial nymphs over there naturally. You know, enjoyment is important. So you will have all the kinds of Las Vegas kind of activities going on over there. All right. Nice activities going on. And you will come in the aerial cars. Yes, there are Uber services there also. But in a, in a Lamborghini, all those fancy cars. Okay, not just a simple car. You will have all your F1s and everything. Okay, and there will be some super blondie who, who might be driving you to that place. It's an imagination. All right. <sighs> we move to the next verse. In whatever form at any time a devotee of mine may reflect on a particular thing with the intellect concentrating the mind on me as possessed of infallible will, he gets that very form. Yes, this verse is important for you. Why is it important for you? Simply because today you are struggling very very hard in this world. Everything is difficult to come by. Money, house, children, wife, husband, you name it. There are too many issues. You have issues connected to your companies also. You are going through troubled times every single day of your life. So this verse becomes important to you. So the, he says over here, in whatever form, at any time, a devotee of mine may reflect on a particular thing with his intellect, concentrating the mind on me as possessed of infallible will, he gets that very form. Let us break it down for your own purposes. Let us say you have a requirement in your life. That particular requirement is connected to anything in the material domain. Again, a cautionary notice. There is a huge load of karma attached to it. You may not pay it instantly. Nothing comes free. Nothing comes free. Even this knowledge which is there doesn't come free. You may think that it is free. Because you say that I want this object. And the object you will get it. Free, free, free in the material world. Nothing to pay for. But the repayment is very, very huge. How big is the re repayment? Lifetimes. Not just one lifetime. This is your one lifetime. You may be alive for... 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, how many years you might be alive, doesn't matter. This is one lifetime. You have other lifetimes for which you will be paying through your nose. You know, buy now, pay later policy, okay? Krishna is telling you that there is like that also over here. You can take the possession of the object. You can take your house and you can pay in the next life or the next or the next or the next or the next. They will give you an equated installment. Equated life installments. Not uh, monthly installments. Lifetime installments. And let me assure you it is very very painful and terrible. Just one example I will give you. I want you to think with your calculating mind how much you are going to pay for this. Let us say, in the movies you have seen people how they do. Now they look at a girl 
the villain will look at a girl and he will say i want to possess her and he does all kinds of wrong things when he gets hold of this person you may say okay he is now having her and nothing is going to happen he will die a natural death later on in life and everything is fine sorry the karma associated with that individual is now linked to him whatever he has done to that person that person in turn will have to do to him in consequent lives future lives if somebody has done something bad as a man to a woman but the reverse will happen in the future lives when is going to happen i can't tell you and how many activities will be happening no idea again because everything is broken down into small 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 groups so anything that you are asking for is terrible and dangerous spiritual world is teaching us not to get involved in this kind of stuff krishna is only explaining to uddhava because uddhava has asked the question like you may ask the question to your teacher in college how do you make this substance but it is not necessary to make that knowledge is all that you need to have so this is a knowledge that you have you don't know how to get out of it because you are like the abhimanyus of this world you are going to get trapped in the karma so don't try but the methodology is given the methodology is simply like this at any point in time any point in time now why is this qualification over here you may be a 70 year old person and you are saying that i want to have a baby logically it is not possible isn't it it is impossible but if you use this technique you can still have it you have seen in various scriptures various holy books where the sage grants a person who may be 65 or 70 year old woman will come and ask the saint or the sage can i have a child and the saint blesses and says okay you can have that person at the age of 65 may have a child now you tell me whether it is right or wrong it is terrible because by the time the child grows up into a teenager the person is already 75 eh huh? 80 you think an 80 year old will be able to handle a teenager you need to have money and everything for the studies and all that so many things are there so many parameters which a person misses out so just i gave you an understanding of how the time is affected all right he says in whatever form any form that you wish to at any age at any point in time if a devotee of mine if krishna's devotee now i don't have to express to you what devotion and all that is we have already done that if a devotee of krishna reflects on a particular thing that means if you reflect that i want to become the king or i want to become somebody great or i want to become the owner of that castle whatever that you have in mind you have to think it with your intellect 
the idea is not in the mind. Intellectually you think about it. Why? Just now only I gave you the answer. The answer is, are you able to handle it? Intellectually think about it. Let us say today you say, I want a billion dollars. I mean, that is what a person will think of, isn't it? He doesn't want just oh, 100 rupees, 200 rupees. He wants billions. Intellectually, if you are thinking that you need billions, what will happen to you? Tomorrow, you will get 1 billion dollars in your bank account. How are you going to tell the government or the income tax department where that money came from? You will not be able to explain. And that is the reason why you got to think intellectually. What are you talking about? Do you really need it? So think. Are you able to handle it? You may say that I want to get married to this very beautiful woman. And she may be in love with somebody else. Will you be able to handle it? She may run away the next day after marriage, okay? Then what happens? So intellectually think about it, whatever object that you wish to have. Do you really believe you will be able to go through with it? Some people who do not have job, some people who do not have money, some people who do not have place to stay may say, oh, I want this. Okay, granted, I will give you like a modern genie, you know. I say, granted, you get a house. You wanted a house? Here, take the house. Who is going to pay for the upkeep? Do you think you have qualification for that? Do you have the money? No. So there are so many parameters that you have to first consider intellectually. So now this is an intellectual thing. People who ask for ranks or very good marks in their examination, they go and pray to God and they say, God, God, please give me a very good ranks and very good examination. I, have, I want you to help me get good uh, number marks over here. I want admission. I want to become an IAS officer, blah, blah, whatever this thing that they are looking for. The person may become an IAS officer. And he may get thrown to the worst places on earth. Then what happens? He will be sent to the jungles of some such, you know, very remote place. Then what happens? Are you satisfied getting that job? You were thinking that today I am going to ask God for an IAS seat or whatever. And I become an IAS officer. And I think that I am going to be working in Mumbai. But that was only your thinking. You never thought, you never said that this is what you want. Do you recollect the story of a very important person, Hiranyakashyap? He asked for too many things, but he forgot that one thing. It should neither be day or night. He said, grant me this, neither day nor night, neither on top nor at the bottom, nor to be killed by man, nor to be killed by a beast. So many things he, he thought that he had covered the whole basis, you know. Never happened. Narsima avatar, which is neither human nor an animal, came up. Neither in nor out, at the, exactly where the door is, you know where the doors are, what do you call that place, whatever. He put him on his lap. So he was neither on top nor at the bottom. Remember he said, I cannot be killed by any Astra Shastra. So he used his nails. 
It was neither day nor night because it was twilight. So how many things can a person think of? You may say today that I want admission in this college. I want to become an MBA. I want to do this and I want to do that. You can keep on asking for God knows what, what all. But do you really think you can handle it? Tomorrow a person may say, I want to go to Harvard. Okay. Granted Harvard. How are you going to manage? What's going to happen to the actual job that you are supposed to be doing? And that can never be understood. So that is the reason why he is giving an idea. He says if you reflect on a particular thing with the intellect, think with your intellect. But concentrate your mind on me. Your mind should be at my feet. Mind is wandering, you know that, no? Goes everywhere. No. The devotee's mind should always be surrendered at the feet of the Lord. Why is the mind involved? Mind is the root for all your karmic debts. It's a place from where all the karmas begin and end. Remember that. So mind should be at the feet of the Lord. No karma happens there. Because if you surrender, you have given your power of attorney to God. When you are given your power of attorney to God, He is going to be in charge of all your karmas. So this is the way in which he is saying you can do it. Intellectually think about what you are saying. What do you desire? Then surrender your mind at the feet of the Lord. Then he says, concentrating the mind of me as possessed of infallible will. You know very well that I have a fantastic will that I can grant you anything. It is going to come from my godowns, my repository. My place. That will be granted to you. As possessed of infallible will, he gets that very form. I will give you one example how this was done. Somebody goes to a great sage. Hmm? And says that you see, I am young. I have got money. I have got everything. So I have covered the basis. Now I need a baby. I have got a husband also. And I need a baby. So the sage using his powers, yogic powers, can grant this person a baby. The baby is born. What the person didn't remember at that point in time is what will happen if the baby is born to the body. So a lot of wrong stuff happens to the body of that person. But that was not expected, that was not hoped for. So you got the baby. But you got troubles. So intellectually also a person may think that they have covered all bases. Nobody can cover all the bases. So the baby was born. The baby grew up. And a time came when the sage said, Now I will not be there. That means it was my gift. From my repository, from my go down to you. Now I am not going to be with this person. And whatever the goodness, whatever the stuff that was there in this person leaves that person. Becoming an ordinary mortal. 
How many stories of these are there? Lots. Dattatre himself had said that I am going to leave at the age of eight and he left. Sai Baba himself had said I am going to go away. He went. Ramana Maharshi had left. He wrote a small letter to his father and left. All the great people in this world can do this. If you are seeking this kind of a power, you should be able to handle it carefully. That means you need to have the idea how you can take care of it. So, simple steps, devotee of God, thinks about a subject, intellectually deciphers the entire thing, gets rid of all the issues connected to asking the right question, in the mind is completely surrendered to the Lord, this person gets what he wishes for. So this is one of the powers. So we move to the next one. Chapter 10, Uddhav Gita, verse 27. He who has imbibed the nature of me, the self-contained Lord, never finds his command disobeyed anywhere like mine. Can anybody disobey God's command? No. So this particular yogi, if he takes my nature exactly the way I am, anything that he dreams of in this world, he will be able to do those activities and everything is at his command. Okay, now we move to the next verse. Now we are taking a time to understand how a devotee can do this. Earlier we were talking about the yogi. Person who does all kinds of yogic activities. That is pranayama, yogasana and all those kind of things. Now we are talking about a devotee and what is it that a devotee can get even if he doesn't even want any powers. So chapter 10, Uddhav Gita, verse 28. The intellect of the yogi whose mind is purified by devotion to me and who knows how to concentrate on God encompasses the past, present and the future unaffected by birth and death. Now we are coming to a pure devotee of Krishna, the Lord himself. When you become a pure devotee of Lord, which is called having single-pointed devotion to God, now what is it that he gets? Because he is a devotee of God and he has nobody else in this world, that means he is completely detached from everybody. He is dispassionate. He is discriminative. He doesn't have any Problems in thinking that God is in everything. He knows that God is in everything for such a devotee. The intellect of the yogi whose mind is purified by devotion to me and he knows how to concentrate on God. This yogi who is a pure devotee of mine. Why is he called a yogi? Because he might have practiced you know, in the past, becoming devotee is a secondary issue. It's, it's like you are doing those yogic activities for understanding purpose, but you are now a devotee. So this devotee, when he takes over and becomes a devotee of Krishna, such a kind of a person, he can encompass every power which God has. What is that power? He encompasses the past, the present and the future as well. 
अनफेक्टेड बाय बर्थ एंड डेथ ओके एवरी ह्यूमन बींग इज सपोज टू बी बॉर्न एंड हैज डेथ ऑल्सो प्रोग्रामड सो नाउ लेट इज लुक एट इट वॉट कृष्णा इज सेंग ओवर हियर नाउ द डिवोटी ऑफ लॉर्ड when he has completely surrendered to god completely surrendered to krishna such a kind of a devotee you think about it whether he has any ahankar or ego in him he is like a plaything in the hand of god isn't it just imagine there is a child who is playing with a stuffed doll a stuffed bear or a stuffed doll some kind of a doll do you think that the doll the stuffed one does it have a life of its own no the child will raise the hand he will take the hand of the doll and raise it he will make it walk he will say okay now i am going to feed you i am going to do this to you i am going to give you a bath i am going to do isn't it the child does everything isn't it now think of yourself as the stuffed doll who is the one who is playing with you the lord himself is playing with you god himself is playing with you so when the god is playing with you he has charge of everything he is taken charge of you so if he wants to raise your hand he will raise your hand if he wants to lower your hand he will lower your hand if he wants to make you eat he will make you eat this is a kind of a surrender that is required you are as if a stuffed doll a marionette and he can raise he can make expressions he can move your eyes everything he is doing not you so where this ego itself doesn't exist that i am the doer i am the doer i am the doer that time you should know that he is the doer he does everything for you he moves your body around and when will he move you remember the child is playing with the doll when the child wants to play when when the child wants to play you know when you have seen babies they have got a lot of toys they take up some toys a barbie doll or something and when they want to play they will play in the same manner krishna takes up this body of yours and he uses it for doing his play that play is called the leela we call it krishna leela isn't it so he performs action what is the criteria you are like that doll no life he has everything he will move your hand he will do everything so complete surrender 100% faith in god complete surrender unconditional love the doll has unconditional love for the child isn't it the doll says i have completely surrendered to my owner who is my owner the baby and the baby will do whatever she wants with the doll isn't it it's like that so unconditional love even if the person is ripping off the nose or the you know that you have seen the children they rip, rip off the head of the doll also you should not say a word <laughs> so as if you are a plaything he will use you he will do those activities provided you are a devotee you have surrendered your intellect and your mind to him you have unconditional love you have absolute faith you have totally surrendered to him and you are that greatest devotee of his then everything that is done by your body is not done by you at all 
So now think about it. If you are not the doer, you are just nothing in that case. You are just that plaything of God. Where is the question of death or life? That thing doesn't even come up. Like I said, you know, the child will remove the head of the doll and throw it away. May put another head over there. May remove the hands and put another hands. Does it matter to the doll? No. Like that. Suppose the person, suppose Krishna rips off your hand. You think you have the choice of even complaining? Does the doll complain? No. Suppose he puts the doll near a hot fireplace. The child puts the doll near the hot fireplace. Do you think you have the objection? As a human being, do you think? As a devotee of God, do you think you will have to object? Why are you putting me near the fireplace? Why are you doing this to me? You think you have the right to even ask these questions? No way. Because the God will use you as his tool. Then your past, your present and your future has no significance whatsoever. Do you get this? There is no significance of anything. Your past, your present and your future has nothing to do with that body of yours. Because the body now belongs to the Lord. So this is what the sages do. Mirabai was completely surrendered to Krishna. Tukaram Maharaj, Sai Baba, all these great people in this world, they had completely surrendered at the will of God. The God can do anything. Jesus Christ himself had surrendered to his father in heaven. He never uttered a single word. He just said, forgive them. That's it. He was put on the cross. We don't have anything to say because the body doesn't belong to us anymore. The devotee doesn't have any control over his body also. It is that God's property. So in such a case, everything that you desire, that you feel, you know, that you want, he will give. Why are you bothered about it? If you have to become a billionaire, he will make you the billionaire. If you have to become a pauper with no money in the pocket, he will make you the pauper. If he wants to make you a superstar, he will make you a superstar. Got it? If he wants to make you a CEO of a company, he will make you a CEO of a company. Why are you bothered about it? That is his choice. He wants to do some changes in the world. And if he is going to use your body, let him do it for you. So becoming a devotee is the most brilliant thing anybody can do. There is no ego anywhere. He can do what he feels like. If he throws you in the corner over there, it doesn't matter. If he removes your head also, it doesn't matter. Because you are not the body. You have completely surrendered to God and He is going to take charge of it. And this is what the devotee does. So devotees do not run after magical powers. Got it? All the magical powers we have discussed till just now, till this last verse, has nothing to do with a devotee. The devotee has surrendered to God. He knows his master, father in heaven, God, Krishna, whatever you call him, has is the one who is going to run his life for you. And you have to surrender to him. So the best thing for a person to do is to become a devotee of God. Then he knows whatever he has to do. He has programmed the entire future. Got it? So we have come to the end of today's satsang. We will end, we have ended at verse 28. Tomorrow we will do 29. 
since in india this thing has been extended for two more weeks i think it will go on till the 18th of this month please stay home stay safe and one most important thing there is a very important app which government of india wants you to download it is called that arogya setu so kindly download that app okay and stay safe it's very very important bye have a nice day